everyone, and welcome to Two Brick Gamers. I'm Ian. And I'm Ant. And today we're bringing you the first show of 2021, a point at which we figured Star Trek was kind of going to be happening, but it turns out we're all just sitting in our houses looking at phones. And that's blown Ant's mind completely. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going on the uh, fact Transformers should have happened 16 years ago when that didn't happen. This is true. Optimus Prime should have died about three times by now. Yes. Is this still part of the show? Uh, I don't know. We, we I, can <laughs> ma- I can make it part of the show. You know what? Screw it. Let's roll with it. Okay. But today we are going to have a little look ahead to the games of 2021, as well as a little recap of what our Christmas and New Year has been like. So uh, for the sake of the show, me and Ant clearly obviously haven't spoken since the last time we recorded one of these. So how has your Christmas been, Ant? My Christmas was wonderful. Peaceful, quiet, off work. Away, away from the <laughs> I office. Had, I had to see no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best Christmas ever. No. It was a lockdown Christmas, which went as well as could be expected, I guess. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Roast dinners, alcohol, playing video games. What more could you want out of life? Uh, more alcohol and video games, I guess. That's that's absolutely fair. So, uh, so what have you been playing for the last month or so? We've been totally avoiding each other while doing this, but we've been continuing our Obviously. journey into Destiny <laughs> a little bit. We've both been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, and we've gone slightly we different have. tacks with this, haven't we? I <laughs> I completed this, uh, not last night, the night before. Haven't 100%ed it, but I, I did the final story mission, which took me two hours. It is a beast of a final mission. Big cutscene in the middle, and it's, it's nice. I, I love the story. And, uh, yeah, after my Zelda being the best game I've ever played, I put Phoenix Rising very, very slightly behind it. It's a very good game. Wow. Yeah, I've gone more on the lines of I am scouring every inch of this map before moving on with anything. So I've um, completed three of the story parts for their, their specific areas, but now I am literally just trawling the earth to find every little... Tartarus quest chest. Well, I think the frescoes where you have to put the pictures in order. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just running around doing everything I can so that I'm massively overpowered by the time I get to the end of the game. Yeah, I didn't struggle with the uh, final boss. There's parts in the game where I, I struggled early on where I hadn't leveled up, and then I, I like sidestepped those and came back later on when I was far more powerful, and they became quite easy. I've done about. Uh, well, it tells me I've done over seventy percent of the game, but I, I'm missing a, a few of the the vaults and chests and whatever. But yeah, I've not hundred percent of it like you're going for. Yeah, such a good game, plays so well. It really does, and life life gets so much easier once you start getting those godly powers. Yeah. It's just the combination of that Ares Wrath and Festus's hammer just pretty much destroy everything. Yeah, it's uh, very good the way it does the powers. Although uh, some of the powers are very, very similar to the way the Zelda powers work. Well, yes, like the uh, the ability to lift large objects and manipulate them. Yeah. I will say, although in this you can ride a horse like in Zelda, I find the horse very annoying in this. Not that when you're using the horse it's, it's bad, but summon the horse and pick up objects are the same button. Yes, and it I, does turn up when you don't want it sometimes. I find I summon the horse far more than picking up an object, which <laughs> gets slightly annoying at times. But 
that's probably my only big criticism of the game maybe change the button mapping slightly which i think you can do in the options i've not actually explored it i just keep blaming the game for the fact i summon my horse well, to be fair, I have actually got the game open in front of me. I was just playing around a bit whilst I uh, whilst I was waiting for you. And yes, you can customise controls. Cool. You can completely remap the buttons. So at the point I've completed the game, I can now customise the controls. <laughs> you can finally be able to play it properly. Fantastic. I don't know what button I'd swap <laughs> someone in the horse to, but I might swap someone in the horse <laughs> to another button. So. Obviously, another big game we've been playing recently is Civilization Six. Yeah, we uh, picked this up in the Christmas sale on the uh, PlayStation, and you've played Civilizations before, haven't you? Whereas I haven't. This is uh, this was taking my Civilization virginity. Ah, yes, it's it is a series I grew up with, and I was all too prepared for how much of my life it would just take away. Yeah, we, it's, it's one of those games where we will start it about what nine ten o'clock in the in the evening and finish about two or three in the morning. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We've lost many hours and many evenings to this over the last <laughs> month, six weeks or so. So you do seem to be uh, getting the idea now. You're actually being competitive with myself and Steve. Just good to see. I'm competitive, but I'm not going to beat you in anything. You are the science king. Steve <laughs> spreads religion like there's no tomorrow. Um, we, we we will mention as well, we've mentioned Steve in other podcasts, but never mentioned him by name. We've asked his permission, and he's quite happily agreed for us to mention him by name. His kids are going to love this, because now they're going to think he's like famous or something. Well, <laughs> his, his girls maybe, his uh, son maybe not. <laughs> to all 12 people who listen to us. Yes. <laughs> 12 or 14, 13. Yeah, probably already know it. <laughs> yeah. So yes, hello Steve. But yeah, Steve spreads religion like there's no tomorrow. You are the science king and domination queen. I, I, I'm not entirely sure I like how that's going to be worded, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just plod along making lots of gold and seem to have a large army and don't do anything with it. You're, you're very much the money man. Yes. It's not something that's ever been said in my life before, but yes, I'm very much the money. When we get to a point where yeah. you're making a couple of hundred gold a turn, Steve's making like 45 and I'm making 780. <laughs> but then I'll, I'll be going along and I'll see you with knights as my tanks drive past. Yes, you, exactly. My jet bombers fly overhead. Yeah, you've got your battleship and I'm still in a dinghy. Oh, it's, it is a fantastic game and it's, I have to admit, I had my concerns about the controls on the PlayStation, but it works really well. They've done a great job mapping those controls to the to the PS5 controller. Yeah, it doesn't play too badly. Um, I always find playing a game like this, I think, would be far more suited to a, a, um, a desktop console or maybe a laptop of some kind. But yeah, this yeah. actually plays quite well on the uh, on the PlayStation. You know when we play something like Final Fantasy uh, 14 and there's so many buttons and prompts and you've got like 48 different <laughs> yes. sub-menus for all the weapons and whatever you can use. And that's yeah, a game I, I, I you definitely would. need to get a, a keyboard and a mouse for that. Whereas Civ doesn't really miss a beat using the controller. There's not anything you need extra buttons and to learn special combos for. Most of it's um, quite intuitive. So, uh, so yeah, so what else have we been doing over Christmas? Um, 
Well, I've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven, the uh, the definitive edition with all the extra stuff in it. I played the original, really, really enjoyed it. Loving the additions to this game so far. One thing in particular, uh, Dragon Quest is quite an old series going back to the early days of Nintendo, and it was a 2D top-down RPG. There is now an option to play the entire game in a 16-bit 2D style, and that to me is a wonderful thing. Throw into that the little uh, callbacks to the previous Dragon Quest game, where you can actually travel back in time to the earlier games and play through bits of those. Yeah, they've done a great job with this definitive edition. Good. I know I've seen you put quite a few hours into that, although apparently we haven't spoke to each other in weeks. This is true. (laughs) Yeah, I've uh, not put any further time into um, Watch Dogs Legion, because... (laughs) After my review in the last podcast, I've just got no real need to go back to it right now. I purchased... So over Christmas, I brought more tools after you'd got it, because I think you mentioned in the last podcast that you'd already got it. Uh, I also brought uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I've put a few hours into. I'm not massively far into the story. I'm not loving it as much as I was hoping I would. I'm, yeah. I think we've mentioned this before. Our, jointly, our favourite Assassin's Creed is the Black Flag, Assassin's Creed yep, 4. Yeah, 100%. And I've kind of been replaying... I, I brought Black Flag on the Switch. So I've been playing that on the Switch, and then I've got Valhalla on the PS5. And I just don't find the movement and controls of Valhalla to be anywhere near as good as what Black Flag was. I just don't have the same level of fun playing this that I did with a game that's six, seven years old in the same series. So they've tried to make it, obviously, more up-to-date and like the weapons so now i've got an axe and a shield and i've got like a heavy and light attack with the axe uh which is r1 and r2 and then i've got l1 uses the shield to block but it just isn't very quick at being able to change between one and two and the heavy attack takes far too long to to go but the light attack seems useless and the shield only seems to work half the time and trying to run in a line and be able to do the um the parkour that you were doing some of the other assassin's creeds i I, you just you you're running along and you're like well you know you jump that fence and onto that building and now you just run into the fence and it doesn't seem to climb and (laughs) i I just i don't know i don't get me wrong the story's the story's good so far i've been i've enjoyed it but i'm not loving it yeah, it doesn't sound like it flows as well as the earlier games did. Yeah. So I do remember with like Black Flag, the, the combat was, you know, it, it did have bits of the Arkham Asylum games in there. Yeah, in I've, terms not, of the, I've not, not got the, the that reactionary style of fighting. I've not got that from this at all. I just, it, it, it's very much like you're playing a Dynasty Warriors kind of game, it feels like more often than not. Mm. You know, it's just more of a hack and slash than it is stealth and the, the the gameplay that you're used to for an assassin's creed game maybe i might find this more as i go into it and uh the character grows more in the the, the assassin way but yeah at the beginning i've just not got this from it yeah i must wait when they said it was an assassin's creed game with vikings it doesn't really scream sneaky assassin to me it screams large screaming norwegian person coming at me with an axe yeah this this a bit i, I played a bit yesterday and there's a bit where you, you're going to attack a village and you go by boat. So you're on the long boat and you're rowing along and you're steering the long boat and it gets to close to the shore and you press, uh, press the button to like raid the village. 
And the first thing your character does is get on the blowhorn and and it's like I, I realise that you possibly would have done that, but in some kind of stealthy game that you would assume Assassin's Creed game you to be, you know, don't notify them that you're coming and just surprise them. It may make more sense. I don't know. It's just me. I wasn't. I'm not, I'm not saying I hate the game. I, I, you know, I do like it. I do see good points in it. I. It's nowhere near as good as Phoenix Rising. It's not as bad as Watch Dogs Legion at the moment. It's in the middle. Fair enough. It's it's in that happy middle ground. Obviously, myself, I've been playing uh, a bit of SnowRunner because I just leave that kind of exciting life. So <laughs> essentially, driving trucks through mud and snow for fun. Yeah, I, I can't explain why I enjoy it, but I really do. Some of the videos you've sent us where you're trying to winch yourself up and then end up on your roof is, are amazing. It's a wonderful physics game where that they've done things like, you know, the, the whole thing with the mud has been done brilliantly, where you, you know, your tyres will get stuck, you have to use your differentials, your all-wheel drive. Occasionally, yes, you do have to tie a winch to a tree and pull yourself out. And occasionally that tree isn't strong enough and the tree just gets pulled towards you instead. Or on occasions, perhaps you're a bit too stuck and you end up flipping yourself out and then you are having to summon your other trucks to come and save you. But yeah, it is literally a game just about driving through harsh environments and getting stuck. And for some reason, I really, really like it. It seems like it's fun. Maybe I in my head have not contemplated buying this. I think it's... I think it's more because of the price point. You know, if this was, say, a, a 15, 20 pound game, I'd probably be more interested in buying it. Whereas it's, say, it's not. Yeah. And Whereas I got this in a sale, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you started playing it after having bought it in a sale. I looked at it and it was like 45, 50 pound again online. It's like, not a chance am I going to buy that at that price. <laughs> having said that, I, I did spend a little bit of money over Christmas. Ah. Our, our good friend who's an Xbox fanboy it may like this section, he may not. So I sold my Xbox One S over the Christmas period. Wasn't, like that. wasn't getting much use out of it. Well, he sold his, so he can't moan. We weren't getting use out of it because he sold his and he was the one we played Pirates with. I can't remember the game, that's why I've just called it Pirates. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, that's the one. Yes, so um, sold my Xbox. We're around his house and played Pirates with Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play dress up. So, sold my Xbox as a friend of my other half. Uh, her son wanted an Xbox, and uh, we're struggling because of lockdown to get one that's a decent price. So, I, I, I sold him mine, being the good Samaritan that I am. Twenty four hours later, I found I could order a Xbox Series S console. So, within forty eight hours, that had been replaced by the Xbox Series S. So, I now have both next gen consoles and. That's where it sat for two weeks up until yesterday when I finally <laughs> turned it on to play something. And uh, so here's the review I've got so far of the Xbox. It's nice. <laughs> this, this is, you've had it for two weeks, but this is a 24-hour reaction. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, it, it literally it sat there, it did its update. I installed a couple of games on it. I play the PlayStation an awful lot, so that's been on every night. Yesterday afternoon, I got to the point where there was nothing I needed to play on the PlayStation the night before I'd completed Phoenix. I'll go to the Xbox. There's one game that was on, there's been a new game on the next-gen consoles that's on Game Pass that I wanted to play. So I put it on the Xbox. Because I've got the Xbox, I'm not going to go pay the £30, £40 the game is on the PlayStation. And that is Haven. Uh, so I was telling you about this last night. It's a nice yeah, little I thought, game. I think, 
I've seen a video or two of this, but go ahead. It's 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 a lovely little game. Graphically, it's uh, really nice looking, kind of cartoony style graphics, but they're drawn really nicely. Kind of uh, graphically, I'd probably say somewhere close to like I don't know, maybe a cross between Persona Five and uh, kind of Immortals style. So kind of uh, nice, beautifully drawn open world with uh, interacted with like text on the screen with the two main characters so you play as a a couple boy and a girl they're in a relationship and you you control both characters during the game you get while you're in the action sequences you can uh play as either character you just press the down on the d-pad to switch character and so there's three elements to the game one is this text-based talking between the two characters and some of that is multiple choice depending on how you want to play the game and there's multiple endings to the game so that kind of helps with that then is the uh, the i've seen the game described as an rpg game i don't see it as necessarily as an rpg but i i kind of see why it is um kind of action rpg kind of uh style game where you're out in the world you've got like a, a hover ability that you use which is sometimes difficult to control there's things you have to collect in a uh, uh i forgot what they're called but they look like blue lights and you, you start uh, where the blue light starts and then it like zooms off into the, the distance and you have to follow it and it can zigzag left and right quite sharply and sometimes that's hard to follow and then there's uh battle scenes that the, the second i got into one I was worried it was going to be turn-based combat, and it looks like it's a turn-based combat style <laughs> uh, fighting mechanic, but it's it's not necessarily. You you just you have uh, four options to pick from, which is like a blast, a uh, melee attack, pacify, and uh, shield. And you control both characters at the same time. So you use the D-pad and the buttons to select which one you want both to do. If they both do the same thing, they could do like a supercharged version of it. Depending on the enemy you're fighting, you can either blast it or attack. Uh, like melee attack or one of you sh- can shield while one of you attacks and it, it's quite nice and it's not necessarily turn-based because you can get three or four attacks in before the enemy might do an attack um but yeah it plays plays really nicely it um looks beautiful i mean like i say i it's technically it's on the yeah, next well, console it's, i'm just looking at it now it looks absolutely stunning it's yeah i was, I was gonna say it's probably almost anime style really isn't it yeah it's I was going to say, I, I think it's something you would like to play, knowing the, okay. the, the style of games you, you like. And the, the massive nerd I am, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't necessarily sit here and go, I'm not a nerd either. But yeah, so that's, that's the only thing I've really played on the Xbox. The Xbox itself, um, lovely little package. It looks pretty... Obviously, I, I think most of you now will have seen this. So this is the white one with the looks like a uh, a little white speaker with a black circle on the top. It doesn't it? Having literally replaced it with the Xbox Slim two days earlier, so they they look almost identical. The the, the uh, Xbox One S had the a white circle on the top, whereas this had a black circle. This is obviously smaller in size. It's a heavy unit though. It is very heavy for the size. It's a lot heavier than you would expect. And then, only ports-wise, is everything there. There's no, like, uh, HDMI out on this, which there was on the Xbox One S. And everything else is there. There's a couple of USB ports, HDMI out to the TV. Then we come to the bit that kind of did upset me. Well, and you, you know what I'm going to go with here. So I do, yes. I had an Xbox One, a couple of controllers, and... 
don't get me wrong. I prefer a PlayStation controller. I preferred the four, the PS4 to the Xbox One. I prefer the PS5 to the, the, the Xbox Series S and X controllers. I say the Series X. Obviously, I've not seen one. I've not held one in my hands. I've only had the S. So here's my problem. I'm currently holding next to the microphone my PS5 controller. What I'm doing now is I'm pressing the D-pad. You can barely hear that. That's nice and quiet and sounds lovely. Feels great in your hand. I'm now holding my Xbox controller. Here's the same D-pad being touched on this. I'm not pressing it with any more force than I just was the PlayStation. It just sounds cheap and plasticky. It's not good. Don't get me wrong. It, you know, the controller feels sturdy in your hand. There's nothing really wrong with it. All the rest of the buttons are fine, I would say. The... The two um, sticks, I don't know. They, they, they don't feel bad. I just get the feeling they might, might break easier than the Xbox One ones will have. And that D-pad sound is just horrible. I know a lot of people do prefer the Xbox controller. And yeah, this is kind of somebody who had an Xbox 360 and Xbox One. I thought the controllers were fantastic. And I do wonder if the controller would be any different on the Series X. So obviously at some point I am going to get myself one once they become available again so we can do a, a proper comparison at that point. Yeah, I'd, li I'd like to see whether they're the same controller, just one's black, one's white, or whether there is an actual massive difference in the controllers. Because technically, I mean... Nothing has really changed between this controller and the Xbox One controller. The only difference is it feels slightly smaller in your hands. That D-pad feels shockingly cheap. And also there's a, there's a horrible grip pattern on the back of this as well, which feels like a, a cheap scouring pad. I know, I know I sound like a constant fanboy for the PlayStation, but <laughs> I genuinely... There was nothing wrong with the Xbox controller before. The only difference for me was I find the PlayStation controller slightly smaller, so it feels more comfortable in my hands. That's my reason for liking the PlayStation ones beforehand. I've now gone for the PS5, and the PS5 controller is now that step above with the, the DualSense and the adaptive triggers. That's an amazing controller. This Xbox controller feels like a step back. So we've gone from where we were in the last generation. PlayStation have gone forward... Xbox have gone backwards. It's, it's interesting what you say about you know, the controller because the big change between the Xbox One and the Xbox Series consoles was the D-pad, apparently. That's that's the big thing that they've updated on it. So I do genuinely hope the Series X one has improved, but uh, again, I, time will tell. With, with the PlayStation review, we, we did that one after after living with it for a while. Maybe you know we'll have a proper Xbox review once we've both had a chance to sit down and get used to them i'm not saying that d-pad is bad to use i mean it feels fine when you're using it but that's just me rubbing my hand over it and the noise you're getting from yeah. it is not good and i'm just you know when you're gaming and okay if you've got your headset on you don't necessarily hear it but then again i'm wearing a headset while i'm recording this and i can hear that quite loudly i tell you what it feels like you know like you've brought one of the third party cheap controllers Ah, the old Mad Cat stage. Yeah, yes. that, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like I'm using a legit Xbox controller. And that's my problem with it. Other than that, the console's nice. Like I say, heavy but small. Good little package. The operating system seems to be identical to what I had on the, um, on the Xbox One. So I'm used to that. Although I don't necessarily like the operating system, I've gone into it and I, I, you know, I, I can use everything straight away because I know where it is. I know how it works. Yep. 
I've got no problem with the console itself. The controller's a little bit naff. And, I mean, I haven't brought anything specifically for the, the system. I've just, I, I reinitiated my Game Pass for it so I could put the Game Pass games on there. And so Haven's the only thing I've played, which I, I could tell you looks nice. Uh, I, I'm a, I assume it would look great on the PlayStation as well. It looks nice on the Xbox. It plays at 60 frames a second. It's, it's a nice running game. It's, it looks pretty. Cool. And there's, there's our Xbox review. We never need to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, so we're nearly half an hour into the episode of our Look Forward 2021. So far, we spoke about nothing that's coming out in 2021 yet. So I suppose we probably should bear our attention toward that. Yes. I'm going to start us off with a game that you probably know more about than I do. And it is one I'm looking forward to because it's a game that's the third in a series which then allows you to incorporate the first two in the series, so I can now just sit down and play all of them in one go. That's Hitman 3. I've played a little bit of the new Hitman series. Um, I think there, there was a demo for it a while back, which was set on a... I think it was a cruise ship. Yes. And thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, but never actually got around to buying the new Hitman game, because at the time, I think Hitman 1 and maybe even Hitman 2 were episodic. So... It was only like one level was released at a time, and I was kind of, not a huge fan of that approach. But now the full games are out, I'd actually be quite happy to sit down and play through those, especially the weird mission in, in the third one, which appears to be an almost Agatha Christie-esque locked-in-a-mansion-solve-a-murder type thing, and then probably end up killing everyone anyway. Yeah, I own Hitman 1 and 2. I, l- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I love this game. I don't necessarily know whether I love it. I, I, I do enjoy them a lot. They're, they're very good games. They're very well put together. I remember the days of having uh, some of the previous Hitmen on the PS2 and the PS3. And the, they were all good games. But the, the step they took up with the, the latest generation ones are very nicely done. At the beginning, they were episodic. So, yeah, bits got released and then they, they added on like a season at a time, an extra level. But it tells a progressive story. So the bit you were on about where you're on the cruise ship is like the training level at the very beginning of the game. You 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 go as your assassin to do this training to see whether you're fit to work for the, the company. And you do the, the training mission. So it, it kind of tells you this is where it is, or this is who you've got to kill, this is what you've got to do. Get onto the ship, kill him, get off. Then it lets you replay the mission and it's like there's actually about eight different ways you can kill the enemy that you want to kill and yeah this is what i've heard and this is what actually really intrigues me the different approaches you can take to getting to the same goal i love that kind of thing in a game so you can go from you could just flat out shoot the guy you can uh get onto the ship dress yourself as a waiter poison his glass um he's doing an arms deal with someone so you can but he doesn't know what the arms dealer looks like so you can get to the arms dealer before take his clothes have a meeting with him that way and shoot him while you're like on your own in his office on the boat you can set explosions off and yeah it's it goes on from there so each level you do has a many different outcomes that you can complete the level and the objectives you've got to do. They play very well. I, I too, I, I'm looking forward to this. I, I think actually speaking now, it, it actually came out last weekend, I believe. Yes, so it's actually yes available it is now, a game that but, is already out. But because of the list of games we've already got, I kind of, I, I haven't purchased it yet, but it is on my list of things I, I do want to get shortly. Maybe after payday. Yeah, we, we, we do have a nice 
backlog of games to get through, but uh, especially myself, who seems to keep buying RPGs, which will take me hundreds of hours to complete, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> um, another one coming out, which is uh, an Xbox exclusive, would be The Medium. Uh, I've mentioned before on this show that I am a big, big fan of my horror games. Uh, I, I think the world has lost a lot since the Silent Hill series disappeared, thanks to Konami's various shenanigans. But uh, this seems to be a potentially worthy successor in that it's it seems to be a fantastic psychological horror, but done in a really unique way, where you play as a person in two worlds at once. So you got obviously the real world and then the kind of paranormal spiritual world, and it appears that the, the screen kind of splits in half, and you play through both at the same time. And I I can't wait to see just what that's actually like to play. It looks beautiful, and being a horror game, I, I will happily get stuck into that. Being Once a horror I get game, an Xbox Series X, of course. Being a horror game, I've. Uh don't like horror games i hide behind the sofa when it comes to jump scenes and i <laughs> turned on my xbox yesterday and pre-downloaded it <laughs> good man so I, uh, I will probably play this before you and get 10 minutes in and <laughs> never play it again never play it again <laughs> it, it'll be alien isolation all over again so <laughs> we, we, without wanting to date this episode too much uh, this game does come out tomorrow doesn't it the 28th of january yes it does cool sorry i had a cat that wants to come in um Yes, comes out tomorrow. So uh, it was available for pre-download yesterday on the Xbox. I pre-downloaded it from Game Pass. It sat on my Xbox, ready to be played when the uh, the time passes at midnight tonight, and I can have a go at it. Which is not the best time to do it when it's dark. Oh, so you can sit in a room on your own with lights off. Fantastic. Yeah. No, won't happen. Might play it tomorrow. <laughs> How about yourself? What's on your list? So, I've gone for a couple of Switch games that I've, I'm interested to play. Uh, Mario 3D World comes out in a couple ah, of weeks' time. Bowser's Fury, yes, that was on my list too. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to play that. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I, I think when you look at platforming games on any console, whether it's the PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo, I, I don't think you can get past the Mario platformers being pretty much the best on the planet. Yeah, no arguments here. There's... Although, as we've mentioned before, that Astrobot game that came with the PS5, well, well, that then, comes close. I, I, as I said at the time, I, I think that's the best platformer I've played that's not a Mario game, pretty much ever. But the Mario games, you know, you, you look at Mario Odyssey, um, the Mario 3D collection that's just come out. They're, 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 it's quality games. I mean, pl- even playing Mario 64, which is like, what, 20 years old or whatever it is now. <laughs> Even though, you know, graphically it's not the best game, it still plays so well. And I mean, I'd, I'd also throw Banjo-Kazooie in there for the N64 era, but yeah, I'm done with you. I, I don't really see another platformer that's kind of in the same area for me as the, the Mario. So yeah, Mario 3D World with uh, Bowser's Fury. Obviously, Bowser's Fury wasn't on the original game on the 3DS, so this is a uh, an add-on for the Switch game. Which looks good. And then I've also gone for one of the hardest 2D platformer side-scrollers I think I've ever played, which was um, Ghost and Goblins. And there's the, the new Ghost and Goblins Resurrection coming out on the Switch uh, later this year. Okay. And, I mean, I, I can't ever say I've gone anywhere near completing that game because it's so difficult. 
But oh yeah, it, it constantly tries to beat you down for no other reason than it can. And lo- looking at the trailer for the new game, it looks like it's exactly <laughs> the same kind of. You're going to die every 14 seconds. But yeah. Am I right in remembering that the, the original was the one where you eventually do get through it and it then goes, right, if you want to see the actual ending of the game, play through the whole thing again. Yes, in a harder yeah. version. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. Because on the, on the Switch now, the SNES virtual console thing that's on there. Ah, yes. Uh, there's the original, and then they've got a, a mode where you can get to the final level with like the super spear or whatever is equipped even then even though i'm like the, the most powerful i could be if you try doing that final level jesus i, I die within <laughs> 10 seconds it's just impossible I d- you know big big credit out there to anyone that's ever got anywhere near completing that game because i haven't and i've spent a long time gaming this <laughs> was kind of a hallmark of games back in the 80s 90s they they didn't have a huge amount of length to them or a huge amount of content compared to games today but they were so ridiculously difficult that you'd probably still get the same amount of time out of them well it's like um another one mega man i can't remember oh, ever completed yeah i love playing the game that's so difficult though <laughs> it's one of those series where if you got into it properly you could kind of read how the levels were going to be. You knew that they were going to throw these horrible little traps at you. And you could you could almost prepare for them, but it would always be a slog. But an enjoyable one, I found. What about yourself, then? What, what else are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to a game that's actually already out, but they're bringing out the PS5 version later this year, uh, which is Control Ultimate Edition. Now, I did play Control when it first came out. I played through the standard game. I didn't do any of the DLC, uh, mainly due to time constraints. But I absolutely loved that game. It was, for all intents and purposes, it was the best Jedi simulator game I'd ever played. And it's got nothing to do with Star Wars. It's third-person action shootery type game. It's set in a fictional government, well, American government bureau called the Bureau of Control. For anyone who's into things like the X-Files or maybe the uh, the SCP, it takes a lot of influence from both of those things in that it's this massive building full of classified, weird, paranormal things that go on. Their, their entire purpose is to go out when abnormalities appear, contain them, bring them back and study them. And it's just a building full of weird, freaky things that make no sense, like a, an 8-inch floppy disk that gives you telekinetic powers or a duck little rubber duck that will just start following you around when you're not looking at it quacking at you you'll turn around and there is the duck now there is a fridge that eats people and yeah it's just full of things bizarre things like you can read all these reports on where all these different items were found and what they do and you would inevitably end up encountering them and having to deal with them and it's just so fun the powers you get as well like you know the ability to for want of a better description force pull and throw things or the ability to fly or to take over people's minds to fight alongside you. And essentially, this is the remastered version for PS5 and Xbox Series X with all of the DLC thrown in. And I cannot wait to get stuck back into that world. Yeah, good. It's uh, it's another horror game, so... Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure to describe it as horror. I, I saw you play it. I weird. don't think I would play it. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I've seen the I've seen the game. It, it does interest me a lot. But yeah, it's um, yeah. You may you may be right. It may not be horror, but it's definitely jumpy in places, and therefore it's uh, Anthony behind the sofa time. That's fair enough. 
Another one I'm going to throw in there. Uh, you mentioned Dynasty Warriors earlier on. Well, this, this is a Dynasty Warriors-style game. Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, I am a big, 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 big fan of the Persona series. I absolutely adored Persona 5, both the original and Royal. And this is a game that carries the story on six months after the end of the uh, previous game. But it's done as I mentioned, in the style of Dynasty Warriors. So you got your usual Phantom Thieves characters, but in a more action-based setting rather than roleplay. haven't really played too many Dynasty Warriors games. I've played the odd demo of them. You know, it, it seems like a, a fairly basic hack and slash. But for me, it's all about the world. It's all about the story. It's all about the characters. And yeah, regardless of the style of game it is, I mean, there's even little side games like the Persona Q games that are out there, which are kind of hardcore dungeon crawler games completely to the usual ones i still play them because i love that world so yeah i'm ready to get stuck back into that too they seem to have done the same thing with this that they've done with the second hyrule warriors game uh, age of calamity yeah, yeah where where it's it's very much again that's obviously set in the same universe 100 years before breath of the wild looks identical but plays completely differently and this yeah gives the same vibe as as that so yeah it'd be interesting to see uh, i still need to go and play persona 5 more than i I've, <laughs> I've given it the 45 minutes that i have yes you do <laughs> so moving on from there i guess we should cover the demo that came out over the weekend yes Yes, we should. For <laughs> Two Res- very different reactions to that demo. Yeah, <laughs> but for Resident Evil Village, uh, the Maiden demo came out over the weekend, which we both played and both completed. And mm-hmm. yeah, but very differing views on this. You absolutely loved it. And I was, nope, nope, nope. There's nothing really scary in the demo, but nope. <laughs> Jump scares, nope. So yep, give me one it's- sec. It's gone back to the the first person view that we had in Resident Evil 7. I'm really, really hoping it's a VR game again, because as mentioned previously, VR Resident Evil 7 is one of my favourite gaming experiences ever. And this now, rather than being set in the backwards of Louisiana, appears to be set in some kind of European winery, where, again, rather than having to deal with Hicks, we're having to deal with eight-foot-tall vampire ladies, which the internet appear to have fallen in love with for some reason. Yeah, the demo is just amazing to play. And I say this from someone that's not a fan of the horror game. But <laughs> uh, just the the first section where you're in the dungeon and some of the, 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 the little jump scares and noises it gives you. I mean, Indeed. Again, we, we, just, we won't spoil any of it here for you, folks. No, it's so well done. It really yeah. is. And I think back to... The demo on the, obviously there's two demos for Resident Evil 7. There was the kitchen demo where you were, that was the VR one. And then there was... Yeah, we were tied to a chair. Yeah, which is an experience everyone, I believe, should have a go at. (laughs) Unless you've got a heart condition, then probably not. And then there was the the normal, like, platformy kind of, uh, normal Resident Evil gameplay demo which was it's kind of a prequel platforming. isn't it yeah I, I don't know why it came being platforming yeah the demo because it's not it wasn't actually part of the game was it it was it was a complete no it prequel it was its game. own little story yes so yeah those demo because I, I completed kitchen i don't know how i never finished the did i finish I, I i don't think i finished i think i saw what happened but i don't think i ever finished the, the proper demo Whereas I, I finished the one for Maiden the other day, which surprised me. And yeah, it's uh, looks like it'll be a great game. 
Whether it'll be on my list of what I'd buy, I don't know. <laughs> Ian, I mean, c- considering it's, sure. uh, it's a game that's cross-generational, so it'll be PS4, PS5, and undoubtedly Xbox One and Xbox Series. It looks gorgeous. It really it does. It looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, it does. I saw a, a, uh, a tech spec review of the demo the other day and it was uh it's supposed to obviously this is the ps5 but apparently it's running between 50 and 60 frames a second all the way through the demo it drops a little bit when there's kind of action sequences and there isn't a lot of action sequence in the demo but yeah it's uh it's running between 50 and 60 frames a second during the whole thing but it just look amazing there's Looks wise, the last two Resident Evil games have been up there with some of the best things that have been designed and developed. They've used the same engine for this as Resident Evil Seven was built in, and the yeah, the, 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 RE the remakes as well. Absolutely fantastic looking, but it's been optimized now for the the next gen consoles. So yeah, again, that's probably a game I'll enjoy more than you, but still one very much to look forward to. I like I've said to you before that the the, the the Resident Evil games are... I like them, and I used to be able to play them when they didn't look realistic. <laughs> but now they look realistic and stick a VR headset on your head, then I just can't do them anymore. <laughs> I want realism in games, but I don't need realistic horror, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so what's another game you're actually looking forward to? So in, in the short term, uh, Deathloop is one I'm looking forward to. That looks an interesting game. So you're a, an assassin that has to kill eight people in a 24-hour time loop. And I, it looks like if you fail or you don't kill all eight, you have to start the loop again. So you have to do things during the day to make it so you can have the time to kill all eight people in the day. And at the same time, you're an assassin ki- trying to kill those eight people. There's another assassin, the AI character, that's hunting you and trying to kill you. So you've got to stop her from finding you and killing you while setting up all the traps to get the other eight people that you're getting. And it, it looks a great little game. I, I, it, to be fair, yeah, it looks amazing. It, it looks like a cross between um, Groundhog Day and... Oh, what was that game on the last generation? Oh, that's going to annoy me now. Editing break. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dishonored. Dishonored, yes. Yeah. So it's, it looks like a cross between Groundhog Day and Dishonored. And that is a that is an amazing combination. Although I wouldn't imagine Bill Murray would be at this. No, possibly not. I mean, maybe the Bill Murray from... Uh, what's the zombie movie? Zombie Land. <laughs> maybe that is Bill Murray, but... <laughs> But yeah, so Deathloop is one that definitely interests me. That's one I will be looking at uh, getting when it comes out. And cool. uh, the other one, uh, other one that's coming out soon that I I'm kind of interested in. I'm not sure whether we will get this. Um, it takes two, which is the two player simultaneously doing things at the same time game. It's made by the same people that uh, did a way out. Gotcha. Okay, that and makes sense. This one is. Uh, uh, it's completely different to a way out. A way out was uh, like jailbreak. Two people escape jail, and the story develops from there. Whereas this is uh, a couple have been turned into like toys, I believe, and 
they've got to work their way together to be able to break the spell that's turned them into toys. So this one looks a lot more cartoony and kid-friendly than A Way Out Dead. But in the same way, it's it's got the same kind of aspects of the multiplayer and doing two things at the same time. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like it would be quite interesting for us to play. Hopefully, it won't ask you to catch any fish on this occasion. No, oh, God, to catch in the fish. <laughs> Don't know what it was with that fish. It just did not want to be caught. <laughs> It was pretty much like, yeah, let, let's split up the, the other duties. I'll go get the wood, you go get the fish. I went and got the wood, I came back out to get the fish as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get the fish. I wasn't being lazy. It's why you kept chasing them around the pond. They kept outwitting you. What what can I say? I'm not going to be the hunter gatherer. But yeah, so that that does does sound interesting. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, it's one that um, does interest me. Well, harking back a little bit to Deathloop, <coughs> one game I am looking forward to that is coming out soon is Returnal. So this is another game where you appear to be caught in a kind of time loop, only this appears to be more sci-fi horror. Yes. So from, from what I can tell from what we've seen so far, you know, this woman who lands on a planet, an alien planet, which seems to be out to try and kill her. It has very roguelike uh, rules whereby you'll play through as far as you can get you'll die you'll start again with the equipment that you had so you can get further and it looks again it's a beautiful looking game and it's a really really interesting concept so it kind of has those vibes of like alien but well i don't want to mention it again but alien cross with ground dog day so possibly bill murray's worst possible day yeah I, I had that on my list as well um it does look interesting and like you say, it's kind of got that alieny vibe to it, and it yeah, it does look quite good. Well, uh, another game I'm going to throw out there. It's probably not on your list, but it is a Switch game, and it's um, Bravely Default Two. I thought you'd mention so this. <laughs> so this is a sequel to a series from the 3DS. So on the 3DS, you had uh, Bravely Default, you had Bravely Second Layer, and now we have the third game, Bravely Default Two. Makes about as much sense as Resident Evil Village being Resident Evil 8. As we know, there's about 15 Resident Evil games at this point, but that's beside the point. So the the Bravely Default series is uh, it's very much a classical turn-based RPG by Square Enix, and it harks back to the earlier days of Final Fantasy. So you know Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 6, those kinds of games where you have your team of four, you all line up, you all take it in turns quite politely to hit the enemy and give them a chance to hit you back. And it was a game I played on 3DS, the first one, and I completely 100%ed it. I started playing it and I could not put it down. It had, again, th- th- those, those turn-based battles, but it had a job system like the older Final Fantasy games. So for each of your characters, you had 24 jobs that they could basically do, whether it was like your Black Mage, your Warrior, or then things like Vampires and Valkyries as you got later on into the game. And with all four of those characters, I maxed them out on all 24 jobs. I did all the side quests. I absolutely battered the last boss because i was massively over leveled for it but yeah it, it was a game that i absolutely loved played the second one i didn't think it was as good but still held my attention all the way through and now they finally made a third one they put a number two after it but again we won't question the logic on that and i can't wait to play that on the switch but yeah it's it's turn-based combat so will completely skip me by yes indeed I guess the, the next game on my list is um, 
it's an odd one because this has been out a while and okay we both own it and i think collectively we've put about an hour into this and when i say collectively i've played an hour of it you haven't played it and then we've both made the same decision cyberpunk <laughs> yeah it's a game that i look forward to playing once it's finished yeah i got it pre-ordered it want to play it put about an hour into it and obviously i'm playing this on the ps5 so i didn't have all the issues that the ps4 had and it was all right there's there there was a there were issues with it especially with a bin that just kept following me around when it, it, it was a bin so it shouldn't be following me around and uh was having problems when i was trying to sit down it it looks nice it seems to play okay for the, the vast majority of it we know there are a lot of bugs so i decided to walk away from it i'm not one of those people that took a refund I, it's a game i want to play and it's a game i will play so i didn't see the point in taking yep. a refund to rebuy it again in a few months time what i've done is i've uninstalled it and i'm going to wait to the point where one the game is fixed and two there's the ps5 enhanced edition that comes out when that happens i will reinstall it and i will play it again like i say I, I could definitely see the plus points of the game. It looks great from what I've played of it. But yeah, I, I've stopped there and I've uninstalled it and I'm going to start it again in a few months' time when the game is in a position where I think it is the game it should have been when it was released. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see the potential there. You can see the history of the developer as well. I mean, not to the same extent, but The Witcher 3 was a bit of a buggy mess when it first came out, but they turned that around to be one of the greatest games of the last generation. So I'm willing to give them the chance on this. Again, I, th- I think I was always going to wait for the PS5 optimized version to come out, regardless of what the original turned out like. And yeah, it is unfortunate how it's gone. It was, from what we can tell, a decision made by directors and marketing rather than the people who actually make the game. Uh, the, the, the people who make it put a hell of a lot of work into it. You know, they want this game to be good, but they were forced to push it out early. But yeah, hopefully that can turn around and that game can be what it was always supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a game that it's kind of odd because I was reading some stats yesterday and Cyberpunk had the biggest digital launch of any game ever. But at the moment, we're classing it as a flop because of the way it was released on consoles. The PC version plays great, by all account. And if you've got a next-gen console, it doesn't play too badly. I know I know it should have been out last May and I, I would have hated to have seen the version that would have been released last May as opposed to what came out in December. But for me as a gamer, when you hear games having delays, I don't mind a good delay to a game as long as the game we get at the end is good. Yeah. And I've got no problem sitting there and waiting another six months for this to be finished properly if that's what it takes. To be able to get no, into obviously, state I play. G- games have come out before that have been buggy and haven't worked properly, and it hasn't quite got the backlash that this has. And I think the reason this did get quite a bit of backlash was the way that they handled the reviews. In that, when the review copies were sent out for Cyberpunk, there were no copies of the console version sent out, and they were only allowed to show bits that they said they could show. So from the off, on the marketing side of things, they were being quite deceitful. And that has been a big part of why people have come back so heavily on CD Projekt for this. But again, you know, that's the marketing, the direct 
to side of it. It's not the people who make the game. And yeah. I know they want to put out a really good game, and I want to see that game one day. Yeah, same here. But yeah, so we we can't really do a review of Cyberpunk now. Like I say, I, I put about an hour into it. Ian brought it and didn't even install it. So, hmm. oh, so I just bought it in preparation for when it was ready. Yeah, <laughs> we we paid PS4 for our prices for a game that we know we're going to play eventually. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of a game we we it's been out a month, but we're not going to do a review of yet because it just I don't think the review will do it justice because we we will sit here we're doing a review and probably slag it off a little bit and it doesn't deserve that because the money men as again have ruined gaming for some people so yes. We won't touch about so, so obviously as well this year, we, we should hopefully be seeing the PS5 version of The Witcher 3 as we're talking about CD Projekt, and that is most definitely something I can't wait for. I utterly love the original Witcher 3, and I'd love to see the graphics now on a next-gen console. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'd, I've had The Witcher for a while. I'd, I've started it a couple of times and haven't got very far in. I know it's a good game. I, just, I played it, got, got to a part, and stopped playing it. And then about eight, nine months later, I started it again, got to the same part, got a little bit further in, ruined what I was doing by using like all my potions and whatever straight away accidentally and uh, best up where I was doing. And I kind of got angry with myself, put the game down and I have not played it again since. But I have been promising myself when it does come out on the PS5, I will play it again. I do like, I like what I've played. I just haven't got very far into it. Oh, just remember, if you do run out of potions again, meditate and they all come back. That's all right, then. <laughs> I, so I won't um, get as angry at myself next time. Another game I'm looking forward to is a spiritual successor to an old Valve series called Left for Dead. And it's called Back for Blood. So this is a um, it's a four-player co-op survival horror game. I must admit, playing the old Left 4 Dead, I didn't find them especially scary. They were more action game with zombies, where there were four of you, first person, shooting them as many as you can, going into an area, and then escaping again. They were fantastic games. They We had Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. From what I recall, uh, the levels from Left 4 Dead 1 got rolled into Left 4 Dead 2, so essentially you don't need to play 1 to understand 2, because it's already there as a part of it. But due to Valve's apparent allergy towards the number three left for dead three was never made but uh, it looks like we are now finally getting a a worthy successor to the title in back for blood i'd seen the trailer for this i didn't play the left for dead games so i can't really comment on it but yeah it, it does look like it's going to be a good game and it's nice to see whether it's valve or not but a, a third game coming out in a series that had valve to do with originally I, i'm just sat here waiting for portal three <laughs> I'll get someone to come collect your skeleton once uh, once it does come out. Yeah, I. Uh, the poor games were brilliant. I just want a third one. <laughs> I know those people are Half Life. I'm Portal. I'm going to throw one more game out there that is a definite for this year. After this, anything else that I say will be games that maybe will come out this year, but not for certain. Uh, it's one I've, uh, I've watched a couple of videos on. It's a destiny style cooperative always online game called outriders nice. and this is you know again it's third person each person could be a different class each class brings their own things to the game like big open worlds to go around lots of things to shoot it looks like it's the execution of it looks absolutely fantastic 
and it looks like they've actually put some proper thought into an end game as well. So well, one of the things that's the kind of just annoying with Destiny is that the end game is go through these story missions again. This time they're harder. Whereas Outriders appears to go, right, you're in the end game now, so here's the proper area where you can do all the hardcore stuff and earn all the really good things. Another thing that has always annoyed me about Destiny is that depending you know, with with the classes, your warlocks, your titans, your hunters, there's no massive difference really between which one you choose. This one actually has proper specializations for each one. Each class plays a proper role in what you do. Whereas I never really got that with Destiny. I mean, any activity you do, all three of you could be Titans, it wouldn't really matter. All three could be Hunters, all three could be Warlocks, it wouldn't matter, you'd still get through it. Whereas actually having to strategize and use different classes, that interests me far, far more. I get what you're saying about Destiny, yeah. There's very little call for the difference in the subclasses. I mean, yeah, some activities are easier if you use some characters, but if you're any good at the game, you, you can do any activity on there with any of the subclasses. So, yeah, uh, it sounds interesting. It's one that uh, I look forward to looking at. So, have you got any more to go for this year that we definitely know will be out? No, I, I'm at the same place as you. I've got three games left on my list, but they're all... Um, we don't have dates for... It's probably not going to be this year, so... Yeah, I'm willing to bet I can guess what one of those will be. I bet you can. I bet you can name all three. <laughs> so, if I were to say Breath of the Wild two, would that be on your list? Oh no, 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 that's not on there. I haven't. Oh my because, word! Because it's not. I, I know it's been announced, but it's not been. It's properly, not been five years since it's been announced yet. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, because it was, I mean, we're looking, it was two years ago this was announced, and we've heard absolutely nothing about it really since. And Correct. But I'm kind of... Although we have got the 35th anniversary of Zelda coming up, so who knows? We do, we do. And uh, I, I did hear a rumour the other day that there may be, as there's been stuff to celebrate Mario's 35th anniversary, there may be some stuff to celebrate Zelda's 35th anniversary, which would be quite cool if there is, but... We'll leave that there. But again, this is Nintendo, and they can do literally anything, and it would make no sense. Yeah, and they would do anything Zelda, and I, I would still buy it. <laughs> and so, uh, oh, don't buy Philips CD, I know. Uh, no, no. Well, Nintendo didn't make that, so <laughs> no. You, you know what? Actually, if I could find a copy that was a reasonable price, I probably would just because it was Zelda. <laughs> Uh, but they're all the stupid horror. money. I could buy a house for what CDI and the three Zelda games would cost me. <laughs> true, very true. So, yeah, I, I haven't put Breath of the Wild 2 in there. Um, yes, of course, I'm looking forward to it. And the the, the day it gets announced, there were, I will do a podcast on it and I will be overjoyed. <laughs> but because I've got no idea as to yet when... You know, we, we've got no proper trailer. We've got nothing information-wise about it. So yeah. I, I'm just kind of... It's, it's... To be fair, that, that, that episode will be... Right then, Ant, tell us about Breath of the Wild 2, and then you, I'll just let you go for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, <laughs> as we're going along, I've just added that to my list. It's physically now on my list. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tell, you, tell you what, though, because another one I've not put on this list, but I'm now adding to the list, the, the, uh, the next Metroid Prime, when that comes out as well. Yeah, except they actually... Uh, restarted it last year didn't they because yeah. it was announced a couple of years ago but then last year they said we're not happy with it we're starting again and yeah. you know what fair play fair play to them there are too many games where they've started it and gone well we've gone this far let's finish and push it out yeah 
And uh, it's one thing when when you look at Nintendo's AAA games, you very rarely get a duff. It's, it's I'm very, just trying to think of one. But yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I cannot think of a AAA Nintendo game that was bad. You know, you look at the Mario's, the Zelda's, the Metroid's. Uh, there isn't, uh, you know, a top-rated game that is bad. You know, you've got your Smash Brothers, your Mario Karts. I, I genuinely can't think of one the way we've, I've played, or we've played, or you've played, and you've gone, that was rubbish. I don't think I there think is. The, the, the nearest I could probably go would, would probably be Skyward Sword. But it's not a bad game. That's about it. No, it is, it's not a bad game. It's just not a good Zelda game. No. Because I mean, it's a different it's, ranking altogether. It's, it's one of those things. You if, if you took the Zelda title off Skyward Sword and put it as a normal game, mm. you'd probably yeah. say it was a great game. It's just because you're used to Zelda games being so above most other things. Yeah, it's it's not a bad game at all. So, nah. But yeah, I, I just... Uh, Nintendo, when they put a good game out, well, when they put a, a you know... A, a top game out they do a very good job of it and to see they that do. they've they've you know they were a year or two into production of a game and they restarted it because they weren't happy with it makes me happy as a as a gamer yep. uh, again i will quite happily sit there and wait 12 months 18 months two years longer for a game if we know it's going to be good precisely absolutely for myself i'm gonna throw hopeful as ever Pretty sure it's not going to happen, but I'm going to throw Final Fantasy 16 in there. Yeah, I don't um, see that being this year. I uh, I see that being a 2022, 20, 23 kind of. Yeah, that that me. wouldn't shock me in the slightest. But you know, I, I can live in hope. Yeah, but you know, I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy series. If number 16 happens to come out this year, it will be a day one, if not before, purchase for me. I'm assuming in the same vein you're also putting in part two of Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil 7? No, uh, Final Fantasy 7's remake as well. Final Fantasy remake part two. Fingers crossed it will be out this year. That first game is absolutely majestic from the, like the, the redesign of Midgar to the way they've translated the, like the battle mechanics and the score for that game is utterly incredible and I entirely understand why it won uh, best in-game music at the Game Awards. So, yes, throw as much Final Fantasy at me this year as you can. <laughs> yes. I've gone for a couple of uh, comic book-style games on my list. Uh, so I've got the Gotham Knights game that's going to come out and mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad game that's going to come out. Okay. Uh, both... Two quite similar games, I think, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think they will be. But I, I just... I like a good superhero game. The Arkham Knight series, or the, 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 the Batman Arkham series, was great. I'm looking forward to both of these as successors to those. I mean, of recent times, the Arkham games and Spider-Man have been some of my favourite games on consoles anyway. So yeah, looking forward to those as uh, games to play. Again, we don't really know much about them as yet. but Indeed. I don't necessarily see them being this year I, I think next year is probably more reasonable to expect for those two yeah i mean t- tail end maybe christmas or like you said early 20, uh, 2022 i mean if i get one of them this year i'll be happy if i get both of them this year <laughs> then i probably won't have much of a uh, social life very true i'm gonna chuck ghostwire tokyo out there uh, it's one that we saw at the uh, the ps5 reveal but not seen too much of since but um it appears to be essentially first person 
Japanese horror type thing where you fight ghosts with karate and <laughs> that seems like an interesting concept to me. Adding to that the fact that the graphical style does look really, really beautiful as well. I'm quite interested in that one. Be interested to see how it turns out. So next on my list, and I've just added this because I've just remembered about it, is Stray, the one where you play as the cat with the android. That to yep. me looks interesting. Again, I don't think we've got a release date for that, so maybe this year probably more likely next year I, th- I think i heard something a week or so ago that it's supposed to be like quarter three this year so oh, okay so that might be one that we get october november year. time again i i interest me i'd like to see more about it i think before i definitely decide i'm going to get it but yeah it the, the concept of it originally sounds like it's going to be uh, a good game uh next i've got uh kenna bridge of spirits still not entirely sure what that game's going to be like but it looks absolutely stunning it looked like essentially a pixar movie brought to life but uh yeah it's i'm assuming it's going to be a third person action adventure style game uh with some kind of paranormal stuff in there i suspect it won't be horror type spirits it'll be more kind of cutesy type spirits as i said it, it looks like a film and from what i can tell it's supposed to be kind of touching on more eastern asian culture which you know again not too many games go into so yeah that that'll be a different type of world to run around in yep i've gone for uh 12 minutes which i've mentioned before on a podcast was meant to come out in december and it's been delayed and i don't think i've seen a release date for it so i've it, it possibly will come out this year as it you know the the release date was only a month or so ago but yeah that's a game that really interests me that that little 12 minute time loop of uh, the, the story that develops there, the trailer looks good. That's got a good voice cast, so that's one I'm looking forward yeah. to. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Oh yes, so this, this is one that was a big focus of the uh, the PS5 release. Love the old Ratchet and Clank games. Love the ridiculous guns that it used to give you. But uh, this seems to be making a lot of use of the PS5's SSD. So the whole tearing portals open in a world jumping through another level is instantly there that is going to be i imagine one of sony's big hitters this year and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun yeah that really does and i'm at the last game on my list and this is one was meant to come out this year and we know it's already been delayed to next year um the hogwarts Mm -hmm. legacy game okay again we don't really know that much about it the latest rumor seems to be that it's going to play very similar to the uh the bully game that yes. came out years ago the rockstar one and if it plays like that or is remotely like that i think it'll be a very good game so yeah hogwarts legacy is on my list to watch out for again we know that's going to be next year now which sounds weird because we're only just started this one <laughs> yeah we're already looking forward to 2022 yes Whilst that's the end of your list, I'll just very quickly mention the last couple that were on mine. Uh, first one being uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Yep. Really enjoyed the first Horizon game. Looking forward to see where they go for it now. A little disappointed it's both PS4 and PS5 because I imagine that world could look even better. But, you know, if it means more people get to play it, I'm down with that. Yeah, I um, think that's that's one little problem with the PlayStation exclusives. If they're making them currently for both consoles, you know that the PS5 one is the one that's being affected because they're making the same game they'll be able to play on the PS4. And I think that's the problem. You want the games to be yeah. made for the PS5 and they're like Ratchet and Clank where they're only going to be a PS5 game and you know it's making use of the, the console, whereas this probably won't. 
I'm not saying the original Horizon looked bad. It looked great. But if it's not going to make use of the new console, then... Indeed. The other two I'm going to mention are Xbox exclusives. Uh, first one being Scorn, which is a kind of first-person techno-organic horror game. Which, again, it's a horror game. It's a new IP. I'm always interested in those. And the other one is Avowed, which is the new game from Obsidian, who made um, what's it, the the Outer Worlds is the most recent one. I think they were also involved with... Yeah, yeah, they made uh, Fallout New Vegas as well. So it's yes. first-person, big open-world fantasy game uh, set in the same world as the Pillars of Eternity games. So it's all very much a fantasy setting. And again, if you're jonesing for that Skyrim fix and still waiting another probable eight or nine years for Elder Scrolls Six to come out, this could be a very good stopgap. Sounds good. So that's our look forward to the... I was going to say the coming year, but it's probably the next couple of years with the way the game is going at the moment, especially with everyone else working from home as well. So, yeah, we've got quite a lot that we're looking forward to and uh, yep. that, that our PlayStations are going to utilise and by little Xbox may get a run out every now and again. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get a Series X as long as uh, the scalpers don't nick them all again. Yeah, and uh, we'll do a review of controllers. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, well, that's it from the podcast. And so it's goodbye from me. And it's also goodbye from him. See ya. See ya.